Hey everyone, welcome back to Dad's Bedtime Stories. Tonight we're going to do a user suggestion that came in from my Google form from Sam and Miles from Ontario, Canada. My neighbors. Well, honestly, they're probably not my neighbors because Ontario is actually bigger than a lot of countries and I have no idea where they live. But either way, they live closer than many of the people out there listening. And the two of them suggested a story where you make friends on Mars. And I'm not sure if you guys knew this, but I've actually done other episodes about Mars. And in those past episodes, it turned out uh, that Mars had a secret underground city inside of it. If you want to hear more about that, I suggest you go back to episode 67, or the series of episodes before 67 that kind of lead up to it. Either way, as long as you understand that this story is about a kid who has a magic spaceship that can turn into anything and do just about anything as well, as well as a shape-shifting dog named Changer, you should be good to start from here. Now just close your eyes, get as comfy as you can in your bed, and imagine yourself doing what the kid in the story does. Imagine yourself waking up on Spaceship once again. Where are we, spaceship? You say, sitting up on the couch in the middle of the living room. We are approaching Earth, entering the solar system now, spaceship says. You get up and walk up towards the view screen. You see yourself passing Saturn and heading quickly towards the Earth. Alert, alert, spaceship says. Uh, What is it, spaceship? I am detecting a distress call from a nearby spaceship. A nearby spaceship? What kind of spaceship, you ask? Based on past experiences, the spaceship seems to be made of a Martian design. A Martian spaceship? Cool. Well, let's go check it out, you say. You fly up towards the Martian spaceship. It's a large, completely metallic-looking thing. It almost looks like a giant pill. A giant silver pill. Try to send them a signal, you say. Attempting signal now. There is no response. The ship seems to be down. No energy is active. Alright, well... Dock with the ship and we'll have to do this the old-fashioned way. Understood, Spaceship says. Spaceship carefully maneuvers itself over top of the other craft. It lands and attaches itself to it. And then a little hatch appears in the bottom of your ship. Uh, is this where I go? You say. Yes, Spaceship says. I suggest wearing your spacesuit. Without power, the ship may be low on oxygen. Oh, that's a good idea, you say. You press the button on your watch, activating your spacesuit and allowing it to fold out around your entire body. You open the hatch in the bottom of the spaceship, and it reveals another hatch on the top of the other spaceship. You turn a large wheel a whole bunch of times and you hear a hissing sound. The other hatch opens itself up and you jump down and land in a large hallway inside the other ship. The lights seem to be pulsing from either side as if they're about to die. I believe the ship is on reserve power only. That's not very good, you say. Let's go figure out what's happening. You follow the hallway down and around a corner until you come to a door that looks like it must be the command center or something like that. You press the button to try to open the door, but you just hear a beeping sound that indicates the door is not going to open. So you grab onto the door with your fingers and you use your spacesuit's extra strength to push it open. Eventually, you're able to slide it open just far enough to squeeze through sideways. As you enter the command center, you see what looks like a little Martian boy 
sitting on the ground with his hands on his head. Uh, are you okay, you say? The boy suddenly looks up, realizing that someone is there. Uh, who are you? The boy says. I... Don't worry about me. I'm just a friend. I heard your distress signal and I came to help you. Is everything okay? No, the boy says. I decided to take my parents' spaceship out for a ride, but I didn't realize that it hadn't been charged. I went to see the rings of Saturn and on my way back, the ship died and I had no way out. The boy explains, it's okay, I, I'm here to help, I can give you a ride home. You can? The boy says, yeah, I've met Martians before, I even know the way to the Martian city. Come on to my ship and uh, we'll tow yours there. That would be great. Uh, what's your name anyways? The boy asks. You tell the boy your name and he introduces himself as well. My name's Martin. It turns out that Martin is an eight-year-old Martian, obviously from Mars. His parents are scientists who uh, work on experimental spacecraft, and this seems to be one of them. You and Martin walk down the long corridor and climb back up into your ship. Wow, says Martin. This is your spaceship. This is amazing. Look at all the toys and things. This is so cool, Martin says. Yeah, it's, it's pretty neat. Um, anyways, spaceship, attach the towing cables or whatever we use to tow ships. Attaching tractor beam now. Right, right, the tractor beam, you say. Spaceship shines a bright yellow light on the other ship. It's tractor beam, and you begin to pilot the ship out towards Mars. Uh, spaceship, don't forget to enter through the Martian North Pole. Understood, Spaceship says. You and Martin sit down in the two command seats, watching out the front window as you approach Mars. As you get towards the planet, you fly down over what would be the Martian North Pole. A huge mountain range at the top of the North Pole splits in half and opens up on either side, making a huge opening big enough for pretty much any sized ship. You fly down into the opening carrying the Martian spaceship as well. It leads you to a giant underground tunnel that you fly down deeper and deeper and deeper until you fly out over top of the Martian city. The city's absolutely amazing. Large, towering, mechanical buildings, flying cars, and somehow it's surrounded by an underground lake streamed with underground rivers and surrounded by forests of underground trees. The Martians, when they had to move off the surface of the planet, came up with some system for artificial suns high above the city. They shine brightly and give life to the trees and to the people. This place always amazes me, you say to Martin. Yes, the Martians are ingenious people. Now my home is just over there on the edge of the city. You follow Martin's directions until you're hovering right above his house. You carefully lower his spaceship down into their front yard and deactivate the tractor beam. Then you fly over beside it and land the spaceship as well. You open the back hatch and you and Martin walk outside. Out of the house, which is like a large mechanical dome, two other gray alien creatures walk outside. Martin, where have you been? His father asks. Well, I kind of took the spaceship for a ride and I didn't realize it was out of fuel, Martin explains. You little... Oh, well, 
I'm glad you're home safe, his father says. Now who's this person? He looks like an earthling. I am an earthling, you say. You introduce yourself to Martin's family, and they thank you for bringing him home safely, along with their spaceship, of course. You're welcome, you say. Well, uh, you hang out with your friend and we'll talk later about your punishment, his father says. Okay, Martin says back. Well, thank you for bringing me home, Martin says. What can I do to thank you? Uh, I don't know, maybe you could show me around Mars a little more. I've been here before, but... It's uh, kind of a long story. I ended up turning into a cat and getting stuck in a tree, and the rest of it's kind of a blur, you say. Uh, that sounds quite strange, Martin says. I'd be happy to show you around, though. Uh, come with me, he says. Martin leads you down the street and towards the Martian city. As you walk, it becomes pretty apparent that you're a bit of a strange sight. People run from every direction to try to meet you and shake your hand, and after going only a block or two, you and Martin enter a little alleyway. Uh, Martin, I think this is kind of not going to work. If everyone's always trying to greet me and noticing I'm different and all that, I'm not going to see what the Martian homeworld's really like. Oh, that's true. Sorry about them. I wish there was some way you could blend in. Wait a second, you say. There is a way I can blend in. Uh, do, do you mind if I scan you? Uh, no, I, I suppose not, Martin says. You lift up your watch and you flip over to the screen that allows you to scan different life forms. You press a button and it scans Martin the Martian. Then, you press the transmorphizing button which allows you to transform into whatever it's scanned. Your body feels strange as your arms stretch out a little bit, your head grows bigger, and your skin begins to turn gray. When you open your eyes again, you feel very different. The colors of the world around you look just slightly different as well. And you have a new sense. Uh, Martin, what's this thing I can feel? It's as if I can attach my mind to objects. Attach your mind to objects? What are you talking? Do you mean telekinesis? Martin says. Do humans not have telekinesis? He asks. Uh, no, humans don't have telekinesis. Do, do you have telekinesis? You ask back. Well, yes. All Martians can move small things with their minds. The strongest of us can move larger things. Watch this. Martin focuses on some garbage cans in the area and lifts them up and begins to spin them around in circles before gently placing them down. Whoa, you say, that's amazing. Let me try. You reach both of your hands out until you can feel the garbage cans in your mind. You imagine them lifting up off the ground and very shakily they begin to lift. They float up in the air and then you try to place them down nice and gently again. It's more difficult for you than it seemed to be for Martin, but he's probably been doing it for years. Uh, well, now that we're disguised, where do you want to go? You ask Martin. Ah, yes. Well, I think you should see some of the cool things in the city. Martin takes you around the Martian city. The city is amazing. It's a maze of crystal buildings, levitating cars and transports all built beneath the Martian surface. The streets hum with the activities of Martian life, so similar yet so different from Earth. As you walk through the streets, Martin introduces you to all sorts of different things. 
You taste the sweet and tangy flavors at a local eatery, where foods float directly into your mouth in bubbles of water. Then he takes you to his school where you see other young Martians engaging in 3D holographic lessons, their minds absorbing knowledge like sponges. You're amazed at the level of technology they're teaching to people who are only eight years old. Martin then shows you the latest Martian game. It's a complex sport where players navigate a three-dimensional maze using only their minds. The idea is to float a little ball in the air and race others shooting the ball through the maze. Martin demonstrates by lifting the ball into the air and navigating with his mind quickly through the maze, left, right, up and down and around until he reaches the other end. He asks if you'd like to race. You decide to give it a shot. You focus on the ball and allow it to lift up off the ground. Ready, he says. Three, two, one, go! Martin's ball zooms through the maze, left, right, up, down, and around until you finally hit the finish. At the same time, you're still trying to float yours carefully around the first corner. Oh, no hard feelings. I probably should have let you try it out first. Anyways, on to other things, Martin says. You head back outside into the Martian market. Vendors begin to offer you gadgets and fabrics that seem to change shape and color with only a thought. Martin excitedly points out his favorite stalls and explains how each device works. Soon, the Martian day comes to a close. The city lights mimic the stars that lie hidden above the surface. The little artificial suns have turned themselves into a picture of the night sky above that exactly mimics what you would see if you were outside. And with a new friend and a mind full of memories, you say your goodbyes. Martin gives you a high five and you give him a quick hug. His parents offer their gratitude once more. Come back anytime, they say. There's always a home here for you, sir. You wave goodbye and head back onto your spaceship. The ship lifts up and gently flies above the city. You enter the huge tunnel that leads up to the mountain, and as you get to the top, the mountain spreads apart, opening a huge gap into space. You fly out of the mountain and high above Mars. Then you aim the ship back towards Earth. As you approach the Earth, the large ball of green and blue and white gets bigger and bigger. You fly through the atmosphere and you begin flying above the clouds until you come back to your home country. You dip below the clouds so you can see a little closer the ground below you. You use the sights nearby to figure out where your home is, and you land directly in front of it. The back hatch opens and you walk out of the ship. It closes behind you and spaceship shrinks back down into the size of a toy and flies directly into your pocket. You open the door to your house and walk inside. You're feeling pretty tired, so you head directly to your bedroom, your belly full of all the Martian delicacies you've eaten. As you lay down in bed, you look at your hands and you realize that they're still gray. Oh my goodness, I haven't transformed back into a regular person. Good thing I didn't see any of my family members. You press the button on your watch allowing yourself to transform back to your human form. It feels a little strange to no longer have that sense of telepathy or telekinesis or whatever it was, but you feel normal once again. You stretch your body and you climb into your bed. You pull the covers over top of yourself and you allow your head to rest down on the pillow. You allow your heavy eyelids to close 
and you begin to focus all of your attention on your breath, noticing as it goes in and out. And with each out breath, you allow yourself to sink down deeper into the mattress, letting go of all tension in your arms and your legs, your torso and your head. And the deeper you go, the better you feel. And the better you feel, the deeper you go. Allowing your mind to wander off to dreams of new things and new adventures to come. Good night, everyone.